0: all right welcome to the olash pod episode what is it episode seven yeah olash pod episode seven this one's gonna be a little bit different meg's not here she couldn't make it uh but we have uh, we have a guest so i was lucky enough to get to talk with trisha Hirschberger today for this episode and me and meg are gonna try and do a holiday episode her uh you know christmas obviously the holidays um but until then just enjoy this one we're talking with trisha she's awesome and uh yeah here it is all right you're actually my first you're my first um guest on the podcast ever Hell yeah. I know. <laughs> you're the first guest. This is actually I'm my very first honored. Yeah. This is my first like solo interview that I think I've ever done outside of like with my own stuff, outside of Geek Speak. Um, Whoa. I know. So I'm a little bit nervous. But please don't be. Yeah. It's, it's easy. <laughs> but it's exciting. I'm glad that it's you. I'm glad that you're the first <laughs> guest. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored to have you on here. I think everyone will be super excited everyone who cool. listens. So I want to start from the beginning um, with your first kind of big break at, with SourceFed. How okay. did how did you get into that?
1: <laughs> um, I always <laughs> say that I tripped and fell into SourceFed um, <laughs> because that's kind of how it happens. So I kind of taking it back a little bit before that, I, um, I studied theater in college and I wanted to be a professional theatrical performer and I studied classical theater, not musical theater. So like Shakespeare and Chekhov and all that fun stuff. And then I kind of got out of college and realized that there aren't really many paying jobs for that <laughs> kind of work. And so it, that, that unless I wanted to travel and, um, really perform other areas, a I would never make a very great living even if I was on Broadway like 52 weeks a year and be uh, that it would kind of always be a hobby it wouldn't really be able to be a career so I transitioned my focus to more on camera work so television film commercial and that made me move to Los Angeles and I was out here auditioning my buns off and one of the auditions I happened to go to was for an online news show that's mm-hmm. all it said: online news show um, so I auditioned and I brought in like three kind of bullet pointed news stories that I had put on index cards and I read them to camera and then they asked me some funny questions. So I, this was like world news, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, so what video games do you play? And I was like, mm, a, a lot. I was like, "PC or con-? they asked me what my favorite video game was. And I said, PC or console. Um, and they were like, oh, like I didn't have the answer further than that. I did, yeah, you already know. <laughs> I found out later that I guess most of the uh, females, especially that they had come in to audition, either gave very generic answers or they said a lot of people answered Mario Kart. No mm-hmm. offense to anyone who loves Mario Kart. Mario Kart's a great <laughs> game. Um, but I guess they were looking for a little bit more commentary than mm-hmm. that. Um so when I said PC or console, they were like, sold. Uh, <laughs> and then they started asking me what kind of novels I read, what kind of television shows I watch, what movies I like, that kind of thing. Because unbeknownst to me, they were looking to develop a source-fed nerd, a nerd channel moving forward. Um, so I thought I was going in for online news show. And then they asked me about all stuff I like and I'm into. Oh, my God. <laughs> and wow. so I walked out of the audition and I was like, I don't know what that was, but I think I nailed it. <laughs>
0: Wow, yeah, it actually did find you. People are always like, I didn't find it. It found me when they talk about their career, but it act that actually happened to
1: you. Yeah, I just kind of script and fell into it. I had no it idea what it was. Actually, that's insane. Yeah, then they asked me to come in for a screen test, and I came in, and uh, this was for a hosting job, online news host. And I came in, and the first thing they said was, uh, okay, so why don't you write a script for a news story? And I was like, a what? <laughs> oh, you want me to write it too? And research it? Wow. Okay. I was like, I didn't, I didn't know that that's, I thought I was just being hired as host. Okay. Uh, So I went in for my screen test and had to write a news story script. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I wrote it for myself and Elliot Morgan. And uh, we recorded it that day with the I I thought no one was ever going to see it and then they were like we like it we're going to put it up and kind of see how the audience takes to you and it was like oh okay wow Uh, so it all kind of happened very fast and then they started bringing me on as a part-time host when the three main hosts at the time Lee, Elliot, and Joe when they needed a day off to go to the dentist or something like Mm -hmm. that they they started having a rotating roster of part-time hosts that they then brought on full-time to develop and launch SourceFed Nerd so that's kind of how that happened at the time, I was working in IT marketing for Samsung, so I had a very different like that was my day job at the time while I was auditioning, and so I thought, you know, do I quit my IT job with Samsung to do YouTube? Right. Full-time? Ugh. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. Certainly, a big drop in pay. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people think that the YouTube's pays big dollar dollar bills, y'all, but that's not the case for most channels. (laughs) I know. I was like, okay, is this is this the move I want to make? And eventually, I was like, you know what? I didn't move to Los Angeles to be an IT rep. (laughs) That's not what I moved here to do. I moved here to entertain and to perform. So, what the heck? Let's take the plunge. And I'm glad that I did because it worked out.
0: Yeah, you were what? So you actually were one of the very first people to launch the show, especially SourceFed Nerd. So did you have any idea that it was going to be – I mean, it was it was super successful. It blew up. Did you have any idea it was going to do that? Or were you just like, whoa?
1: <laughs> Not at all. Uh, no, it was online news show is all wow. I knew about it. SourceFed hadn't – it didn't have any public episodes at the point that I auditioned. Wow. Um, so when I came in for my screen test, then uh, we kind of started to see what they were working on. Um, And I mean, the very early episodes at that point, a lot of them had Philip DeFranco in them. Um, SourceFed hadn't really found its voice yet. So it was still kind of working on that. And we just had no idea. We just knew we were hired to do this job. And so everyone was coming in and doing it. And then pretty quickly, it had the audience grow. Um, I mean, we were associated with Phil, who's been huge on YouTube forever. So that you know certainly made a difference Mm -hmm. and then we were purchased by discovery and won a streamy award and like it yeah it all all just blossomed that's crazy
0: speaking of like all of that like the success of source fed and and you launching it you decided to leave the show before it actually ended so what what was that like and how did you go about making that decision
1: um, it was it was interesting because uh, I was not the first of the like kind of OG SourceFed hosts to leave. Um, but we I compare it to lovingly, mind you, but I compare <laughs> it to like the sweatshop of YouTube, uh, because we were writer producer hosts. And we were tasked with putting out five videos a day on the SourceFed main channel. Plus at least three videos, if not more, on the SourceFed Nerd channel per day, plus weekend content. Oh, my gosh. So we were cranking out videos so fast, writing and uh, coming up with ideas for and hosting and recording videos so fast. Fortunately, we had a wonderful post-production team that took care of it after that. Mm -hmm. But it was still – it was a ton of work, and it was five days a week, usually much longer than eight-hour days. Um, and I, at the time that I left, I'd been doing it for over three years. Yeah. So doing that five days a week for over three years, um, not only is it creatively exhausting, it's physically exhausting. Right. And our call time was always like six o'clock in the morning. So you weren't really going out with friends at night. You certainly weren't auditioning for anything else. It was all consuming, and so after three and a half years, I just thought, you know, I've learned a lot here. I love the friends I've made here, but creatively, I need a change. And professionally, I think it's time for me to make a change. And so, yeah, that's when I, uh, I started kind of putting feelers out and seeing what other opportunities that I might like to explore. And at that point, I moved to more of a producer heavy position and a development position, but also hosting uh, with the video game site, The Escapist. So that's kind of when I decided to make that move from SourceFed.
0: Okay, so you d- you graduated to being your own boss. and
1: yeah, 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 that's a great way to say it. I definitely did. Um, I started my production company at that time, Fun-Sized Vids. And um, I mean, when I was producing for The Escapist, most of their team was in North Carolina at the time. So anything I was doing in LA, I was on my own for. So... I would pitch a show idea, like a concept, and they would say, great, how much budget do you need to do it? I would put together a budget, and then I would have to assemble the team and make it happen, and then they only became involved once I delivered the content, once I delivered a pilot. Wow. So, um, you know, like my, my manager and my lawyer were like, I hope you're not paying employees (laughs) like cameramen and editors and, uh, you know, liability insurance and location fees from your own personal checkbook. Are you? And I was like, uh, (laughs) So at that point, it became a very quick kick in the pants to start my own company and become my own boss. And honestly, it's the best thing I've ever done because now I get to work on a variety of different types of content across all various social media and streaming platforms for a bunch of different clients. So I don't have that same feeling where five days a week, 10 hours a day, I'm producing the same thing over and over for the same client. It gives me a lot more creative variety in what I do. And for me, that's a lot more fulfilling.
0: Yeah, I totally see. I see what you mean. Uh, I like, it's it's weird because like I feel like being a creative and and trying to do this for a living, you want like you're striving to get to a point where you feel like secure and comfortable, but then like a lot of the things that offer security, um, from a creative standpoint, it just doesn't feel like you. I don't know, it doesn't feel like you you can be as creative. So it's really cool. You completely understand
1: it. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah. You know, hosting for the the bigger client and doing what they need you to do, which might not necessarily be what you're interested in doing.
0: Yeah, totally. So it's really it's really actually super inspiring that you are were able to break out of that comfort zone or that you weren't really enjoying and then find a lot of success with your own business. I think Yeah, that's so it's, cool. it's been
1: really lovely. Um, and you and I sat down and had lunch and kind of chatted about all this before, but it's you know, it's it's that hustle uh, in this freelance economy, which I think a lot of people in our generation are transitioning to because a lot of people feel like they're hitting a brick wall trying to work full-time for a specific company and feel like, you know, they're not really able to advance whereas if they take freelance gigs, start their own business, they can really build their career how they see it. And that has certainly been the case for me. Um, As long as you can secure, you know, one or two recurring clients or you have one main steady source of income that will meet your minimum financial requirements, then you can work on hustling up the rest of the business without worrying that, you know, you're not going to have a roof over your head and that kind of stuff because you're primarily streaming now, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I know. I love it.
0: I love it so much. That's awesome. Streaming is so much fun. I know.
1: What do you so, yeah. think
0: about streaming? As far as like, that's actually something that I was wondering. i wanting wanting to ask you, because um, it's been. It's. I feel like it's blown up so much in the past like couple years. What do you think? Uh, where do you think it's gonna go in 2019? Like, do you think it's gonna be more personality based, or like cheap stunts to get views?
1: I don't know. Um, I I hope that it will. I feel like people tune into streams to get better at a game if there's a pro that they watch that they want to learn from. Um, I feel like people tune into streams to be exposed to games that they haven't seen before or for personality-driven content when they follow a certain creator or for comedic content. Like, There's a lot of different reasons that people turn to streams, and I think it varies as greatly as genres of television show. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going anywhere. It might kind of what people gravitate towards might naturally change with trends. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't think streaming going anywhere and I certainly don't. I hope it's not going anywhere because streaming <laughs> is where I'm finding the most creative fulfillment right now. I think it's the most fun content to make. Granted, that's because me personally, I prefer pre-production to post-production mm-hmm. and streaming is much more <laughs> pre-production intensive and there's really hardly any post-production that you have to do. Um, so I, I prefer to create live streams, whether it be for YouTube or for Twitch. And, you know, especially because I like to show off a bunch of different games, then I'm gaming too, which is also one of the main passions of my life. So (laughs) it works out really well. I think streaming is really fun, but I've kind of scaled back on some of the other types of content that I produce because I don't enjoy them as much. And because I'm not a creator who is one platform specific that so meaning that, I'm not a YouTuber that that's my main source of income or a Twitch streamer, that that's my main source of income, or an Instagram person or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pretty much straight across the board with all of my different platforms. I kind of create for them and have audience sizes pretty equally. So I pay attention to all of them. Um, and so it, at times, when I'm not feeling inspired, for one or the other, I'll just pull back a little bit on one and focus that into the other. Whereas I feel like if I was, like my YouTube channel had 2 million subscribers and that was my big thing, that would have to be my focus all the time. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's good. That's actually really awesome. I feel like that probably pre- prevents like a little bit of burnout of like doing one thing. How do you, I, speaking yes of and that. no.
1: Yeah, yes and no.
0: Yeah, and no. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's because a lot of it, Because is stronger when you're splitting your focus. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like, that's I think you true. and I talked
1: about this too, but I feel like on some level, if I was just focused on Instagram, then I could spend all my time during the day, like creating really unique stories and going out and doing photo shoots. So I have really visually beautiful posts for in-feed posts mm-hmm. um, and make stuff specifically for IGTV if that was my main platform. But because it's not, a lot of times when a cool thing happens, I get stuck because I'm like, well, do I film this for youtube do i make a facebook story do i make a youtube story now that that's a thing oh yeah instagram story (laughs) do i take a still photo of it or do i sit here for 45 minutes to an hour trying to capture this for all of those platforms (laughs) you know oh i I totally understand that yeah Yeah, it's It's so yeah if you are one platform specific then you already have that answered and you can be really really solid on one platform a lot of times i will talk to people that are new creators and want to do that for a living and even though I am split focus and it is important to diversify as much as possible it also saves your sanity a little bit to focus on just one yeah if that makes sense I, it what does do you focus on uh
0: I I'm split between YouTube and Twitch because honestly because I am like you were saying you're you're more of a pre-production person I think at heart I'm more of a post-production person and so okay. I want to keep doing YouTube because I love like Filming something and then figuring out what I'm going to do with it, like editing-wise.
1: You and I should team up.
0: I know, right?
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah, everybody has not only the thing that they're passionate about, the part of the creative process that they're passionate about, but I feel like the part of the creative process that they naturally excel at. Mm -hmm. Like I understand how to edit, but I have worked with editors that are infinitely more talented than anything I could ever put together. And I respect them so much for those skill set. Like when I want to produce quality content, I would much rather they edit it. Yeah. Because I just know that the final product is going to come out with their style and personality that I have so much appreciation for rather than myself. Because like I said, I can get it done, (laughs) but it's not my favorite. Yeah. But but I know creators like you, Erin, who love the editing process and that's really where their creativity comes out. Like you can do so many fun things in the edit if that's what you love yeah like i
0: can hate a video and then i'll get to editing it and i'll be like oh wait i can make this i think i can like this (laughs) like
1: yeah you can make it shine
0: yeah but speaking of the fact that you are you do split your focus you do so many things how do you manage because i can't even manage like i can't imagine doing more than really more than youtube and twitch and then having something else. So that you also have started a family too. So how do you manage all of that?
1: I don't <laughs> Um No, I mean, the the answer is I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I'm almost – my my tiny human is almost <laughs> – oh, 22 months today actually. Oh he's 22 gosh. months today. So he's almost two. Um and yeah, I'm still constantly figuring out how to manage my time. And the answer is that everything had to give a little. Mm-hmm. So I don't upload to my YouTube channel as often. Um, I still Twitch stream almost as much because that's that's what I like doing. That's I consider that my me time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I still Twitch stream as often, but I don't tweet as often. I don't post to Instagram as often. Um, and it's because I want to spend more time with him. Now, that being said – I'm still doing that stuff at like probably 80% capacity, what I used to do, which means that he definitely, like I still have to worry about childcare, Mm -hmm. whether I'm writing scripts from home or if I'm in studio filming, now this is an extra thing that I need to manage. And not only is it like, oh man, I have to worry about childcare and that's really tough to figure out and financially not the easiest, (laughs) but also I want to spend time with him. Yeah. So like my focus is very split. Um, So it's, I, you know, I, I go through phases where sometimes I just don't want to be in studio for a whole week and I just want to spend time hanging out with my little dude. (laughs) And then I go through times when I'm feeling really, um, like I'm feeling really productive. Like I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pump out. Two videos start (laughs) to finish today. Woo. Um, You know, but I can never predict when those are going to happen. So hopefully when I wake up feeling like that, those are not days I have scheduled to be stay-at-home parent (laughs) by myself. Um, But I don't have family that live in the area, so I don't have help. I can't just, like, go drop him at my mom's house while I get stuff done if – I'm going to get anything done. I need to have either pre-scheduled a daycare day or I ha- need to have scheduled someone to come watch him like a nanny to come yeah. watch him that day. So it's it's just added another layer of complexity to my life, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's always a new adventure.
0: Yeah, I know. He was so cute the last time that I saw him.
1: He's probably yeah, grown he's, so much. He's grown so much and he wears glasses now. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: Yeah. It's like the cutest thing <gasps> ever. Um, it's funny because me and, you know, all my nerd friends were like, one of us, one of <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> um. But he, he hates them. We're a few weeks in. He hates them. But uh, <laughs> he looks super adorable. Yeah. And he is definitely talking more and having opinions and that's been really funny. We tried to get him to play Mario Party this morning for <laughs> nerds with kids and he got really excited that he saw Mario and Luigi <laughs> on the screen because he has Mario Super Mario Brothers tub toys, so he knows the names oh. of everybody. He's like Koopa Troopa, <laughs> Yoshi. Like he Yoshi, Wheeps. He does oh my God, um, it's so cute! It's very funny, uh, but he doesn't really play video games, so he lost interest in less than fifteen seconds. Um, that's all right. He's
0: been inaugurated into the the world of nerds just by having glasses. So it's all
1: good. You know, that's what people say. I yeah. never had glasses until I was pregnant with him. And uh, I had so many times working in this industry where people were like, "Can you just buy some fake glasses because people will believe you more?" It's true, <laughs> though. It actually is true. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. About, I, know. I mean, everyone has preconceived notions. And yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> it's like how everyone in America thinks everybody with a British accent is automatically smarter. Oh,
0: I know. It gives them so much like
1: credibility just by <laughs> having a Brit. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So now that I finally need glasses, everyone's like, "Oh, aren't you going to get contacts?" And I'm like, "No way. I'm loving my glasses." Yeah glasses are doing their thing now that I need them I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it (laughs) man I never
0: really did the fake glasses thing did you I have yeah not for a long time but yeah I've done the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses Uh, (laughs) I lost them actually I missed those
1: bummer well now you can do blue light glasses when you stream
0: yeah I love glasses like I've always thought I look better with glasses honestly
1: i like them i yeah. think they frame your face better like you they get do. the right shaped glasses like i find that days this is so cheating but days when i'm like uh ah, i'm gonna i have to be on camera but i don't really want to put on eye makeup i'll just put on my glasses
0: yes done yes <laughs> so true so true <laughs> so do you have any advice for new or aspiring streamers or hosts
1: The biggest thing that I can say is do what makes you happy, because this career, like any career, takes a long time and a lot of energy and money to start up. Like, think if you're going to start your business opening a retail shop, think of all the time and like the financial loss you're going to have to take in the first year to five years. It's the exact same thing with content creation, unless you're one of the super lucky ones. But I think a lot of people see the super lucky ones and assume that's how it always works, Mm -hmm. which is super not the case. You grind and you grind and you grind until you're eventually at a point where you're bringing in more money than you're spending. So, of course, you have the initial investment on equipment um, and all sorts of stuff. So uh, equipment, and uh, depending on what level you're producing or on what type of content you're producing, you might have location fees, you might have liability insurance, you might have uh, camera crew or post-production or anyone else that you have to pay or you're doing it yourself. And then in that case, it's taking up a ton of your time that you can't be working another job. Mm -hmm. So then you're having to pay your bills solely on this. What I always recommend is, you know, if you can keep your security job and then do the things that you are passionate about that you find creatively fulfilling in your spare time. And as that starts to build up money, then you can wean back on the day job and ramp up the creation until you get to a point that you can make that happen. Um, Now, I certainly know creators that have just quit their day jobs cold turkey and been like, whatever, I'm going to go for it 40 hours a week. (laughs) Um, And that's that's a way to do it. I I was too scared to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like I had to wait until SourceFed was like, hey, come on full time before I quit my Samsung IT job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So you, you just juggle it as best you can, but ultimately make sure that you're doing something that you think is fun. Because if you're trying to do it for fame or financial reward, that's not going to kick in for a long time, if ever. Yeah, so I totally agree. make sure agree. that you are enjoying what you're doing and you're happy with how you're spending your time. Otherwise, you're going to end up burnout and resentful and that's not good for anybody. So also create the content that you're passionate about because if you're not passionate about it, you're just like, well, I think slime videos are doing really well right now <laughs> on YouTube. So I'm going to make slime videos. But you hate slime? <laughs> like that's gonna come through in your video. No, yeah. It. Um, like I know that lip sync videos do really well. Like musicality is a huge thing. That's not what I do, and I feel like if I did that, it would it would look it, it would look. Ingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't do that. Uh, so yeah, those are the big things that I would recommend to people. And then when you get to a point where you do have at least one platform or a few platforms that are bringing in income then i always recommend diversifying at that point um because the more you diversify the less you're dependent on one platform so when something like the youtube adpocalypse happens or if all of the stuff going down in europe right now um if it ends up that you know twitch is not able to function like it did before or something like that you still have other sources of income you're not completely dead um in the water so i i always recommend diversifying too which Aaron, you're doing a great job with your instagram is killing it thank you (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean you focus on twitch and youtube but at the same time you have a thriving instagram Mm -hmm. so diversifying super important
0: totally this is actually great advice i think a lot of the the what you were saying is is um it's the reason a lot of people don't stay uh consistent or they quit um if everyone would just listen to trisha listen to her advice
1: (laughs) i don't know i i I don't i definitely don't pretend to have all the answers and there are multiple ways to have a career as a content creator and certainly i mean if there was one way to do it someone would write a book and make a million dollars and everyone who set out to do it would be very successful Um, but there are so many different ways to do it that you know everybody everybody has their own path and i can just tell you what worked for me Mm -hmm. over the years
0: yeah i sign off on what you're saying Though i totally agree um so right. i know you've
1: you run into some of the same stuff
0: oh exactly yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. and i've seen it i've just i totally agree with it i've never actually heard when i've asked that question before i've never actually heard an answer that's like i've actually been like wow actually totally 100 because most people are just like just keep going or you know what i mean like
1: you actually yeah, gave there's a lot of that yeah like, consistent Mm uploads like a lot of that advice that is certainly very solid advice but I just when I kind of look at the whole thing holistically that's that's what keeps yeah kept me going
0: yeah so I know that you're obviously a tech person that's one of your things so Mm -hmm. I (laughs) want to know I'm actually not as much. I want to be more of a tech person but I am curious what are some of your favorite tech related things right now
1: Oh, like products? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, That's hard (laughs) to say. I don't really review products anymore. I kind of did back in the SourceFed nerd days. Um, But for me, tech I was into tech because of gaming. Mm. So I got into tech because when I was very little, my parents refused to buy me any gaming consoles past the original NES. And so I had to become a PC gamer. And then I had to figure out, if I wanted to buy a new game, how my PC could run the, that game. Oh, wow. So from a very young age, I was like, okay, what's RAM? How do I get more of it? <laughs> um, <laughs> Whoa. So that spawned into now. Um, I'm very much so a gadget junkie. But what are some of my favorite things right now? I'm, I'm interested in standalone VR headsets even though the quality of them is not something I would recommend people (laughs) necessarily go out and buy right now. I don't really think it's there. Um, But I like following like what mixed reality headsets are doing and what stand, and what I mean by standalone is standalones don't have to tether into a PC. Mm, They're usually running like a phone processor inside a VR headset. And I feel like something that's holding a lot of people back from VR right now is that is all the setup that's involved with it to make it work. Now, granted, like I said, the user experience of a standalone is nowhere near what you're going to get from like a Vive Pro, for example, or an Oculus, but it's a much lower point of entry. Same thing with Windows Mixed Reality, you are tethered to a computer, but you can have that experience on an integrated graphics chip. You don't need dedicated graphics for that. So it's taking away the high price point of the VR capable PC on top of the headset. Uh, So that's interesting to me right now in the industry i just uh i did christmas a few days early we're recording this just before christmas if uh if this goes up later that's when we're recording (laughs) this and uh, my husbando who's amazing got me a smartwatch and for as much tech as i do i've never had a smartwatch before i've covered smartwatch launches but i've never actually had one so right now i'm rocking a uh venture a q venture wear OS watch uh and it's really fun. It's been fun to play around with it. So what I've I should, never had one either I should do Instagram stories of that and I just it yeah, hasn't happened. it's hard. I know. I, I, I know. got a little man down for nap. I'm considering <laughs> that a win. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, do you believe in Santa?
1: Uh I was always raised that if you don't believe in Santa he doesn't come. <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah. Yes.
0: I hear the jingle bells at the Polar Express. Me too. I'm never going to stop believing in Santa for real. Yeah, I, think, yeah, app, I think I'll, yeah.
1: had a really cool thing with Santa. My yeah. parents were like, well, we help Santa. Oh, wow. So it was like never uh... – but wait, you did that because it was like, well, my parents help Santa. Dude. Like, it just – it made yeah. so sense to me as a kid. Yeah, cared, then you're like, <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. It's like yeah. second tier. Like, I don't have to – he doesn't have to come to my house. They
1: help him. Like, if I'm bad in front of mom – she's gonna tell Santa yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm still gonna believe in him if I tell mom what I want then it's gonna happen because she works with Santa
0: oh wow they actually they did it the smart way
1: yeah it it just made so much sense to me as a kid it was very funny (laughs) so like if there was a sign on the door that said Santa's workshop don't come in or else I knew that meant presents were in there but that didn't mean that that didn't negate Santa's existence oh wow
0: yeah they really did it they did it correct he was very
1: funny. What? I think there was one yeah. time that I said, I don't think Santa actually comes with his reindeer, like as a kid. <laughs> and my dad, it was snowing because it's in Pennsylvania where I grew up. My dad threw a bunch of what I assume were raisins out in the backyard and was like, Look, reindeer poop. They're apparently here. And I was like, It's not reindeer poop. You threw raisins out there. And he was like, Then eat one.
0: Oh, and you were not wasn't about to. Sure enough.
1: <laughs> But they always did that kind of stuff in there. So I'm like, all right, I I believe. And so you believe in Santa? Yeah.
0: Yes. I'm not going to stop believing in Santa. I'm not. Like, I don't care. I'll just, like, like yeah. I think I'll become a worse person if I stop believing in Santa. I mean, I don't think he comes to my house and gives me presents, but maybe he flies through the night sky
1: on Christmas. I mean. You got to believe in magic. Magic
0: exists. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What Do you remember what the best... Or worst gift that you ever got for Christmas was?
1: (laughs) Um, Best gift was probably that NES.
0: Oh, yeah. That was a Christmas
1: present um, that I had been asking for for a long time. My friends had NES. I liked to play it at their house, and I really wanted it. And I think at the time, the original NES was really marketed to boys. It was in the boys' section of the toy store. The commercials were all really geared towards boys'. Um, And I I was the oldest child in my household, and I think my mom was very traditional, and she was kind of like, I don't know that this is a hobby we should encourage. (laughs) And she was like, you know, you're just sitting in front of the TV, vegging out to the TV. Shouldn't you be playing outside or reading or, you know, any of these other things? So finally, I wore them down. And Santa brought me an NES, and then I was addicted. And I I think I kind of confirmed my parents' worst fears at that point. And so that's why they never got me. I never got any more video game console.
0: But I think you were better for it, though. You became even more of a video game nerd. I've never (laughs) heard of anyone at a young age getting into PC games. Like, I still have a hard time getting... Really? Yeah. Like, it's it's a whole nother, like, world. So I think if I learned it when I was younger... I would be I would have been better off
1: what are you playing right now
0: uh, I usually I'm mostly on the switch but I'll do the PlayStation but I, I enjoy the switch the
1: most yeah I mean switch has a lot of PC games port ported they do over. now yeah they do yeah yeah I always like PC games because there's so much variety you also get a lot of in a lot of indie games and I'm really into yeah. the indie game scene and just from like a young Trisha budding gadget kid. Uh, I always liked PC games because I was not reliant on constantly needing the newest console. Oh, yeah, that's true. I upgrade the PC I already had. I also don't need to worry about backwards compatibility. Yeah. Because all my games play on my PC. Like, it's it's not, oh, this is a PlayStation exclusive or, you know, like, obviously, I still suffer from PlayStation putting out amazing exclusives and me being primarily a PC gamer, I yeah. don't have access to them on my <laughs> PC. But for the most part, You get access to pretty much everything you want on the same system that you can control what the guts are inside of it. And Uh I just, I really like that.
0: I know. I wish I was, I wish I was more uh, in
1: tune with it for real. It's pretty simple. We can hang out. It'll be fun.
0: Hell yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of good
1: uh, PC games, indies especially, that have been ported over to the Switch. I love that they opened it up to um, the, what do they call it? Nindies. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I love that they do that. I have a Switch, uh, but I do not play it nearly often enough. It's almost exclusively my airplane, airplane gaming device.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love the Switch. Smash I have Bros. have
1: now. I have streamed some Breath of the Wild, and I have streamed some Super Mario Odyssey. I actually cried when I played Super Mario Odyssey. No way. <laughs> like a big dummy. Because, well, the nostalgia for me. Since yeah. It's my first gaming system. Like, any time they go to the 2D original Super Mario Brothers aesthetic, I got teary-eyed.
0: Oh, I can totally get that. I cried at Ocarina of Time. I bawled <laughs> my eyes out when I first completed that game when I was older. Like, what, I think I turned 18 and I played it again. I cried. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Do you ever get into the Final Fantasies?
0: No, I haven't. I haven't got... I don't know why I haven't. I have one of them.
1: Man, never you talk about it.
0: crying. Which one do you have?
1: I don't remember.
0: I got it last year and I never finished playing it. I started streaming I, it and
1: then I just... I task you to play 7 and 10
0: I think I have seven. I think that's maybe the one that I have. Yeah, I'll play play it. I'll definitely play it. It'll take many
1: hours, but get all the way through them. (laughs) You will not be disappointed. They're amazing stories. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you will not be disappointed. This was great. This was actually a great
0: first uh, guest episode of the podcast. It was very fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I seriously appreciate it so much. I think the world of you...
1: I think the world of you, I think you're killing it right now. You're doing everything right. And you're so talented and driven. It's, it's fun for me to see other content creators and especially women coming up in this space. Um, I, because I do a lot of work with geek and sundry, which is primarily not primarily female content creators, but a large percentage of female content creators. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very easy for me to assume that like, of course people, of course people know that there's female gamers because like I'll get together with a group of my friends to play D and D and it's usually 70% female. And that's not unusual (laughs) because that's the circle that I hang with. Um, Or like the video game show game engine that I host on that channel has two female co-hosts and a female producer and actually a female technical director. And like a lot of the people behind the scenes are female, but sometimes we'll get new viewers that stumble in and are like, "Ew, why did they intentionally make it all girls? They're virtue signaling. Um, oh my gosh and it's like first of all it was not intentional yeah (laughs) the people that work on this show um and second of all it's because there's a lot of girls that like this stuff and i think that there's i i think that there's a not there's not enough people that know that Mm -hmm. so the more diversity we see in gaming specifically not just when it comes to sex or gender or orientation, but like also orientation and age and like all and race and all different types of diversity, the more that people are like, Oh, wait, everybody plays games, Mm -hmm. the better I think it's going to be for all of us. So kudos to you for going out there and uh, being passionate about what you love. Thank you. You've definitely inspired me both times that we've talked now. (laughs) I know. I know. That's so funny. But the first time we met, I think I had a very Tiny teething infant.
0: Yes, I know.
1: <laughs> Teeny guy. with guy. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm so, sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Again, I hadn't like. It, it's an ongoing struggle of you know, like I'm going to talk to someone about work stuff. Do I bring the baby? Yeah. Do I hire a nanny? <laughs> Do I, you know, like I figuring out how to navigate it as a first time parent that doesn't have family help nearby. It's rough. So thank you for being understanding yeah. that my screaming infant joined us <laughs> when we went out to lunch. It was great. I'm better about it now. He does not come to meetings anymore.
0: <laughs> so before we go, uh, plug everything, your social media, is all <laughs> everything
1: that you're working on. Okay. So uh, for the next half hour of the podcast. No, I'm <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I am at that GRL Trish. So it's that girl Trish, but there's no I in the girl. So just that G-R-L Trish on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And then on YouTube and Twitch, it's just slash Trisha Hirschberger, my full name. No spaces, all lowercase, all that good stuff. Um, and Trisha Hirschberger is spelled just like it sounds. No <laughs> hidden letters or anything like that in there. Um, and in Hirschberger it's all E's. And then the things that I'm working on right now, because most of my work right now is actually for other clients. It's not for my own personal channels. Um, I do a tech show for Kingston technology called DIY in five, which would be great for you, Aaron. It's actually a, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> let's take things that might sound like daunting tech concepts and make them easy to understand. Oh, so if you're someone yeah. who has an interest in tech, then you can get into it pretty simply. So that show is called DIY in 5, and that goes up on Kingston Technologies' YouTube channel, and I write and host that show. And then I do a show for Newegg called Newegg Now on their YouTube channel, Facebook channel, but primarily that airs on Newegg.com. So if you're shopping on Newegg.com on Thursday mornings, you will see a little video with me in it, Um, and that's (laughs) live every morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And it's kind of like funny YouTube stuff meets qvc so basically <laughs> new egg puts special items on sale for that day only specifically for our show oh. and so then we get to like educate people on whatever those things are sometimes we have interviews about those products um, and also give a screaming deal on them so especially if you're looking to build your own or upgrade your own gaming rig like your own pc that's a great show to check out because almost everywhere we are like and here is a GPU that's really awesome for 40% off. And and those deals <laughs> only last for the day of the show. Oh, wow. um, so that's a show I do on Thursdays. And that's really fun. And then I do a video game show on Tuesdays with Geek and Sundry. And that's live to their Twitch channel every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, Pacific time. And that's the show I was mentioning earlier that has a lot of girls on it. Not all girls. There's guys on it too sometimes. But the two main hosts are female. Um, and that... We just did our last episode that was live yesterday. And then we filmed a special episode that's going to go up on Christmas day. That should be a lot of fun. But yeah, that's on twitch.tv slash geek and sundry. And then for my own projects, uh, oh, and I'm hosting a show, a movie talk show for focus features right now that's on their Facebook page. Um, and then for my own stuff, I have the YouTube channel nerds with kids, which is myself, Lasercorn from Smash Games, and Ivan Van Norman from Geek and Sundry, just kind of talking about some of the challenges that present themselves when parenting as someone who specifically is really into gaming and comics and pop culture. Like we talk about challenges of bringing your child to San Diego Comic-Con, or should you not bring your child to San Diego Comic-Con and what that looks like or how – I'm going to watch Game of Thrones this year because if I watch it East Coast time at 6 p.m., little man will still be up and I think he can understand those images now. (laughs) So I'm probably going to have to avoid Twitter spoilers and wait until West Coast time to watch it after he's in bed. Stuff like that. But like, Yeah. Or like, you know, which video games can you introduce to your children at what age and that that kind of stuff. So that's youtube.com slash nerds with kids. And then of course my own YouTube and Twitch channels and all that good stuff. So it keeps me very busy and I wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. <laughs> awesome. Everybody make sure to check her
0: out and thank you so much again for coming on.
1: Thank you. And congratulations and kudos to you and all the stuff you've been doing your Twitch channel, your YouTube channel, your hop and Instagram now a podcast. Like look <laughs> at you going and getting it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. I'll make sure to send you the link to this. I'll email you the link whenever. Okay, that would
1: be perfect. Please let me know when it goes live so I can social it out too.
0: Great. Thank you. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, have a stellar rest of your day and thank you for having me on your podcast. All
0: right. Thanks. You too.
1: Bye. Bye.